Welcome to Hope Talks Podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short, anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined via the phone by Kevin Skellett. Kevin, how are you doing today? Doing very well. Doing very well. Thank you very much. And Kevin, we have had on uh, previously to share his testimony. Um, But today we have him uh, joining us to share about a book that he wrote. Kevin, if you would just start out telling us uh, the title of the book and maybe a little bit of background for those that didn't hear your testimony or don't know your testimony um, on why you wrote the book. Yeah, so the book is titled Gracious Grief After Suicide Loss, and the subtitle is Feel God's Love After the Worst Day of Your Life. And the book, I mainly wrote the book, and God has been prompting me to write this for some time. I lost my son to suicide um, 12 and a half years ago. And um, just the process that God had taken me through for my grief journey, uh, I just wanted to share that. And, and I think, you know, God wanted me to share that, too, as an example of what he can do in some very, very tough situations, um, just to really reveal himself and, and to show uh, just how loving and compassionate that he is and that he can do this for anyone. I'm not anyone special. Um, and, and that's really the, the main reason, I, you know, my goal for the book was really to help someone who's going through, um, it doesn't have to be grief after a suicide loss. It could be uh, just, you know, deep grief that they're going through, but how they can get through that loss with God's help. I, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about like our mission statement here at the Church of the Nazarene in Harrisonburg is transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. And it reminds me that God never leaves us without hope if we'll look to him. And what you've done is you've written a book out of your grief and loss about how God has helped you through that. Um, He's transformed your life, right, from that place of grief. It doesn't mean you still don't hurt um, and you still don't grieve the loss of your son, but he's given you a message to help others in that journey, um, to help them journey through grief. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking of uh, some friends I have that have had some tremendous loss in this area. And they need this. And so thank you for being willing to go back through that process and to write it down for others. I think that's what a gift of love to other people. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it, uh, it just reminds me of um, you know, 2 Corinthians uh, 1, verses 3 and 4, where, where God says that you know, he's the God of all comfort. And mm. he, he gives us comfort in those situations so that we can give that same comfort to other people. And right. that was really one of those verses that was really key for getting this mm. book out the door. Right. And Kevin, in the book, you mention about, you know, you wouldn't have been able to get through this without your relationship with God and that he's been your source of strength. So just talk a little bit about that and the importance of that during this journey. Yeah. So um, it, it all started the morning that um, I found out about Mark's suicide. And um, 
just right from the very beginning, I invited God right into that situation. I didn't even get the, the police hadn't even come at, at the time when I had prayed to God and just, you know, just reaching out for help. And, um, you know, I talk about this, uh, the conversation I had with God uh, after I had a phone call with the police. Um, they were going to be coming in a, in a little bit, but, um, you know, I just, I didn't know how to pray. And I just finally said, you know, God, my son is dead. And, you know, God immediately replied back to me and, and said, uh, my son died too. I know exactly how you feel. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was a pause. And then he said, by the way, he's not your son. And that really confused me um, as I was trying to think, why is he not my son? Uh, and then God came back and said, he's my son. I gave him to you. Um, and, and, you know, just that whole conversation, there is a lot that we could dig into in just, in just that conversation. But just the love and the comfort that I felt that the God of the universe knew my exact situation at that exact time and could speak into it in a way that could, one, comfort me and, and also just teach me some very powerful truths that, um, you know, he says that he creates us. But he was very clear that morning uh, that, you know, God, that Mark was, was his son and uh, that he gave him to me. He created him for a, a purpose, for a time, for uh, to be, you know, my son. And um, uh, it's just uh, a very powerful. And just right from that very moment, you know, God over and over just showed up and, uh, and did things in my life to bring me through my entire grief journey. So in Psalm 23, it says, yea, they'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, right? And they're right. in that, that there is a journey that you don't stay there. But it is a, a journey that we must walk. And he goes on to say that he is with us. But it's hard to see in those moments sometimes in that grief and shock. Um, talk to us about um, just that your journey um, from that phone call, from God speaking to you, whatever you would like to share. Yep. The, um, uh, probably the first thing that God had uh, did while I was, you know, in that, um, just after that phone call is, you know, those first few days preparing for a funeral and all that. The one thing he did is he kept on putting thoughts in my head uh, about Mark, about the situation, and he put together a whole um, eulogy, basically, or message uh, for me to speak at the funeral. Uh, that wasn't something I wanted to do. That wasn't something I was planning to do. Um, but that was something that God wanted me to do. Mm. And so I, I didn't have to write anything down. Those thoughts that were just in my head, you know, I want to go to bed at night, I'd be trying to go to sleep. And those thoughts are in my head. I wake up, the thoughts are there. And they came together in a, just a beautiful, cohesive message. And so uh, on the day of the funeral, I just went up there, and the only thing I had in my hand was a quote that Mark had written down in his own handwriting uh, from um, from the book Dune, uh, and um, I had that and all those thoughts in my head, and I went up and spoke, and you know I, I talked about Mark and just the things that he loved, and, and talked about you know about who he was, and just talked about his you know how he loved his friends, his animals, how he loved um, books and reading and old movies, all these different things. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I got to the point where I would read the um, the quote, and it was a quote on fear uh, from the book Dune. I don't have the quote right in front of me, but it talked about you know how just walking through fear and getting on the other side of fear. And I used that to transition over to talking about my faith, because in the absence of fear is faith. And um, so if we have faith, fear can't exist. 
and but talked about my faith for a little bit. And, and most of Mark's friends were kids who uh, they you know dressed in the dark clothes. They had the tattoos. They had the piercings. All, all that kind of stuff. A lot of them had broken homes and, and, and all of that. So I'm speaking to them, and, and then to get to the end, I just said you know specifically to Mark's friends, if you ever see me out, um, please come on up and um, and just tell me a story of Mark. I'd love to hear it. And I prayed and, and ended the uh, the message and we ended the service. And um, as I was leaving, um, one of Mark's friends stopped me and uh, started telling me a story about how Mark had helped him. And then another person stopped me and, and told me how Mark had helped him. And I got outside the door and there was like 30 people out there standing in line waiting to tell me all the things that Mark did and how he helped me. And, you know, had, had I not spoken at Mark's funeral, I would never have gotten those stories. And those stories are very precious to me on um, just hearing a, a different side that I didn't see of my son and uh, just how his friends, I knew he loved his friends so much, but his friends loved him very much too. And um, and I could see why. And so that, that's just, you know, one of many instances where God had um, just shown me his love uh, through the love of others. So you all had thought about just having a private service, right? Yeah, we were just going to do a private service, but Mark's friends all started reaching out and said, well, we want to be there. And um, so Mark's mom and I talked and, and we decided to go ahead and make it an open service so that yeah. anyone could come. And I think that's so important. I don't want to miss that. You talk a little bit about the stigma and just wanting, you know, thinking, well, we'll just make this private. And that is our tendency to pull back. But just hearing you talk about what it was like and the very things that you were kind of shying away from, right? Like not having a lot of people there. And then his friends showed up and that has been a source of comfort for you. And I didn't want to miss that for those that are listening, that um, there are other, when we have lost a lot of times there are other people that have that loss too and being open to the community can be healing absolutely yeah there there's a great amount of stigma that comes with suicide you know cuz you know one it's just all the, the social stigma, but then all this, the, the feelings of, you know, all the things that you as a parent must have done wrong for your mm. child to do this. And so, uh, yeah, that was kind of why we were leaning that way. And I think a lot of parents or, you know, even family members, you know, if it's a, if someone else in the family who dies by suicide, it's, it's, a, it's a hard decision to figure out what to do for a memorial service. Yeah. Um, Kevin, I know in the book you talked about how Mark's death um, kind of disoriented you. You didn't know who you were and just the different, I guess, stages uh, of emotions. Uh, you said you felt anger, depression, anxiety, guilt, shame due to that stigma from that comes with suicide maybe. So if you want to talk about those stages also, you made a comment in the book about how the person you were before Mark's death was gone. You know, the person you are now is totally different because of that loss. So if you'd like to talk about that also. Yeah, I, I believe when you have a, a huge unexpected change in your life, you have to you change, too. I can't be the person who I was before May 18th, 2011, when Mark passed away. Because a significant part of my life is gone, and uh, I don't have that anymore. I was probably a lot maybe happier and, and things. Uh, you know, I would do different things before then, 
after then carrying all of this grief, which, um, which is a lot. Um, and I had to change with that. You know, the things that I was planning on doing in my life uh, are not the things that I'm doing now. Uh, I never thought that, um, I'd be an advocate for suicide awareness and prevention. I never thought that I'd be uh, leading a grief ministry. I never thought that, you know, I'd be you know, speaking and, and talking and writing a book about, you know, grief. So th- those are huge changes in my life because I had to figure out who, I, who am I now? Um, I know that's something that a lot of people go through as they go through the grief process is, you know, they're trying to, to figure out, you know, if that person, you know, defined a lot, large portion of their life because it's, you know, someone that you greatly love passes away and is no longer here that love is what turns to grief and everybody's grief is, is very different depending on the love that they had how long they knew the person all, all those different factors um, but you know you're, you're not the same person that you were before just because now you're carrying all that that grief and trying to figure out you know how can I resolve this how can I carry it what do I need to do to help you know me get through that and so yeah, that whole grief process. I know that the, in the book I talk about you know just the first year uh, and, and going through all the different special days of the year without Mark for the very first time, and um, that was, for me that was rough. Um, a lot of people, uh, you know, it could be the second year or third year that that's the worst for them. For me, the first year was the worst because um, it happened in May, so the first um, special day was Father's Day, and. Um, that was probably the worst Father's Day I ever had. Just any progress that I made from the um, from the grief of the loss just kind of you know multiplied when I got to Father's Day because then I'm just thinking, well, what kind of a father am I? And um, after that was my um, my oldest son's wedding. Mark was supposed to be a groomsman in the wedding, and in September he got married. And I was uh, I just gotten my uh, my licensing for ministry, so I was able to officiate the wedding. That was the first wedding I ever officiated, and um, so that was a lot of uh, up and downs that day because, you know, I'm just happy for my son getting married and sad that my other son couldn't be there. And um, and then the holidays came, and um, you know, just working through those, you know, we set a uh, we set a plate for Mark at the Thanksgiving table, and things trying to remember him there, and um, it was rough between there and Christmas. Then I finally got you know, got through all that, and then came to May, and Mark's birthday is in May, and then the anniversary of his death is in May, and, and they're two weeks apart. So the first part of May is usually not a good month for me, but I got through it. Um, and so this day, May 18th, which didn't really mean anything to me before, you know, now it's a, a day that I remember, you know, everything that happened. Uh, so yeah, the whole grieving process is, um, is, is, I think it's very unique for each person. And, um, you know, you got to really question yourself and just kind of help figure out who you are now that you've had this loss. I think that's really a big part of your grief journey. It's just figuring out who you are now and, and, and what you need to do um, or, you know, how, how you can you know, just um, express who you are now uh, as someone who's had a great loss. There's a poem that talks about grief as the last act of love we give to our loved one. And um, it also talks about, um, and with the pain can come gratitude for the gift of time we had, the love that was shared and the power to become a better person because they loved us. Um, and that grief is a journey. There's no circumventing that journey, right? Like uh, there are stages, and I think talk about grief and love, and the deeper the love, the greater the grief. So thank you for just sharing that part of the journey and, and how to, how you navigated 
um, that process, that first year. How, as you, you know, I'm looking at the chapters, um, you, the next thing you kind of talk about in chapter five is endure. So talk to us, what does that look like um, in this process, in the grief journey? Yeah, well, we have, you know, we're, we're, we're doing things with our lives and, um, you know, we've got a plan. We're moving forward with that plan and, and, and everything. For me, I was in the middle of my classes for getting licensed in ministry in the Nazarene Church. And I was in the middle of starting up Celebrate Recovery. And um, then uh, then my son dies by suicide in the middle of all that. And so that endurance, this, this chapter is really, how do we keep going with the things that we had mm-hmm. planned and you know, the decisions we have to make and you know, just uh, different things that will come up that we have to figure out, you know, try not to get stuck in negative emotions or the past and things like that. And, and so I had to make some decisions actually very quickly. I Mark passed away on Wednesday and I was in the middle of a class uh, was required for me to get my license. And if I didn't get my license, I couldn't marry my son in September. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I needed to get the work done as well. So I had to make a decision very quickly on, you know, am I going to do this work or not? And in the book, I mentioned that you know, I had a, a phone call scheduled with uh, a district superintendent in the Northwest. And that was supposed to happen on Friday evening, uh, right after Mark passed away. And so I decided whether I was going to actually do that call and write that paper uh, the night before Mark's funeral or not. (laughs) And uh, I decided that, yeah, I needed to get this assignment in. I still had like 40% of the work or the grading stuff was still there in the class, even though I had two weeks left. And so I did that call, didn't mention anything that was going on in my life or anything like that, just did it like I needed to do it and wrote the paper, turned it all in and then got ready for a funeral. Um, that was some of that endurance that I talk about. We got to, there's still things that we're doing in our lives that we, we still need to move forward in and have to try to figure out, get some strength to do it. Um, the Celebrate Recovery startup, I had a little bit more time and I was just trying to figure out, well, you know, do I really want to do this or not at this point? But I'd already made commitments to do it and I felt that God wanted me to do it. And um, so, you know, after a couple of weeks, I decided to go ahead and continue to move forward. And um, I think that was one of the best decisions that I made because in the preparation for Celebrate Recovery, we get together in groups and, and go through the curriculum and talk about our, our, our issues basically going through uh, by applying the 12 steps to our personal situations. And those group meetings are what really gave me an outlet to talk about my grief. I didn't have that. I don't know who I would have talked to. And um, so those first couple of years, I really focused on the grief. And I had these meetings to uh, help get it out and just talk about all the stuff going on in regards to the grief. You know, it, it was a hard decision, something I had to endure through, but um, it ended up being, you know, a very good decision. So, you know, again, God was in both of those, God called me in the ministry, told me to get the classes done. He called me into the Celebrate Recovery, and um, you know that turned out to be a, you know something very good. And you know then was able to grow our ministry and become a state rep and Celebrate Recovery and, and help other churches. You know, helped you all in, in Harrisonburg and uh, many other the Nazarene churches around the, the state. And you know it, it was just the impact there has been very big. But had I not made that decision to continue that all you know someone else would have been doing that and not me that's right and i don't want to miss the fact that some people think celebrate recovery is just for addiction but 
it helped you in your grief journey to process that. And I think that's so important uh, that that people hear that because sometimes we have there's a stigma even with that, too, which is not what we're talking about today. But I didn't want to miss that. Was it? Yeah, tremendous help. Yeah, celebrate recovery was so so important to me to get through the grief, and, and you know, it's helped many other people in, in dealing with a lot of other uh, just, you know, events in life that had nothing to do with addiction. So. Yeah, we actually in ours we have a grief group um, where people are coming in and grieving, so a specific place for them. Uh, so that's yeah, it is so important, so important. Kevin, you talked about your love for your son and the grieving process, but you also talk about you know two of the stages are endure and forgive. Um, so if you want to talk about kind of those next stages of the process of the grieving process, yeah, the, the, the endure kind of leads me into some places. And this is hopefully helpful for those who are in grieving. It's just places where you can really get stuck you know you get stuck in negative emotions and anger and uh maybe it is you know blaming others maybe it's you know just um you just need to be mad maybe you're mad at god and if you stay in those negative emotions it's just a bad place to be um and that could be for anything that you're dealing with but i believe especially in grief that could be very long lasting where you can become bitter and in most um, types of recovery, you know, forgiveness is that key. Uh, I think in, in most in our lives, we got to have forgiveness. You know, God tells us that um, you know if we forgive others, He can forgive us. Um, but then the, the scary part of that verse is if we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us. Um, and you know, I'd hate to have a relationship with Jesus and have unforgiveness in my heart and not be forgiven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. Um, so that forgiveness piece, it doesn't sound so much like it goes through the grieving process or goes with the grieving process, but I felt that that was so, so a very, very big part because I saw like four specific areas, four specific people that we need to forgive. One is, you know, there's someone actually involved in the, um, in the death of the person who's lost. That's a big one. That's mm-hmm. usually the hard, one of the hardest ones to forgive. Another one is, you know, forgiving the person themselves, the, the person we lost, you know, forgiving Mark for taking his life was a big part of mine. Uh, another one is, is, you know, forgiving God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we blame God for all that's happened. You know, God, why did you do this? Um, God probably didn't do this. <laughs> you know, uh, we've got a very big world that's needs a lot of help and there's a lot of people in this world that have their own free will to do what the things that they do and a lot of people do bad things and um, you know it's not God doing it it's the enemy it's you know free will it's life whatever it is that's doing it God certainly knows about it but he's not doing it that's right and uh, so we really need to really actually forgive ourselves for blaming God uh, but we need to forgive God um, and then another big one is forgiving yourself. A lot of us, when we have an unexpected death, um, we blame ourselves. You know, what What else could I have done? You know, what, um, uh, you know, I should have done this. You know, I should have, I could have. All, all those types of thoughts and questions that go through our minds for so long. Um, the way to get rid of those is to forgive yourself. And so I, I spend a, just a whole chapter on just that whole forgiveness process. Mm-hmm. And um, um, and how to forgive yourself and how to, how to offer those forgiveness without you know doing it face to face, especially if it's to, you know someone who had caused harm. Um, and just being willing to do that is the first step, and then and being able to 
open your heart enough to forgive. Uh, that's really that second step, and offering that forgiveness is the third one. So, but um, yeah, that, that forgiveness is, is you know, it's one of those places where you can get stuck. That um, I dedicated an entire chapter to you know, other places that are that we deal with from a grief perspective. Is, you know, communication um, you know, up to the, through the funeral and everything. I, I felt like a lot of my relationships, everything, everybody was there. It's very supportive. After the funeral, um, people didn't know how to communicate to me. It seemed like I talk a lot about, you know, how you can help that communication. Because a lot of times people just don't know what to say to you. and um, uh, Or they'll say things that they think are helpful. But uh, when you're on the receiving end of them, they're extremely hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, very awkward. Um, and um, so uh, I spent some time really just talking about the whole communication process and how you can help that. And then you know, a lot of people want to help in different ways, but they may not be trying to help you in a way that is really helpful to you. So really helping others uh, know what would be helpful for you and communicating that is, uh, is another big part of those, um, you know, just helping you through the grieving process and then how to deal with awkward questions. Um, you know, what, it was about two weeks after uh, Mark had passed away and, and I was just getting back into work and I went on a business trip and uh, I met this person for the first time. And you know, one of the first questions he asked is, um, you know, do you have any children? <laughs> and that really caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. I hadn't even thought about that question. And um, so I just answered it like Mark was alive uh, and avoided all the awkwardness of talking about that in the first time I met somebody. But, you know, it also put into my thoughts, okay, I need to have an answer for this. And I talk about that in the book about, you know, how to prepare yourself for those questions that you haven't thought about yet. Mm. And then one of those last places is really isolation. You know, you can get into a place where you just isolate yourself. I, that's a natural place for me because I'm an introvert. I love time by myself but I don't want to spend all my time by myself. And uh, it's very easy to kind of get lost. I've, uh, I've worked with some people who just stayed in the house for months and months um, and didn't want to come out after uh, losing a child. And um, just went through some of the things I've done to really help others to be able to get out and start putting together pieces of their life again. So those are, you know, some of those, that endurance and that forgiveness, um, those were some areas that I cover in the book. Well, Mark, any other final thoughts that you would want to share about the book? Maybe we haven't asked you already or that you haven't shared already. And then also, I know this wasn't the main thing, but maybe somebody listening today would be interested in reading your book. Where could they find your book? Yeah, I think probably one of the, the other things I do have in the book uh, I really designed the book to be kind of like a self-help book. Um, and I do have a whole chapter on suicide itself and just the statistics, the myths, the warning signs and what to do. And that's really for someone who, who has suffered a suicide loss because um, when you do suffer a suicide loss in your family, the suicide rate for uh, families who suffered a suicide loss are much higher than just the general population. So. Uh, just being able to have that information is good because I, I, that was one of the things, you know, I didn't know all the warning signs. I just, I had a lot of, uh, I believe some of the myths that are out there and didn't really know the truth. So, so I added that in there as well. And, um, I think probably one of the other things, and this is kind of like towards the end of your, well, your grief journey after you've been in your grief journey for a while, it's just finding meaning in, in your grief 
and uh, you know, I've, I've been able to do that. And, and one of the things that I've been able to do is, is write this book. And uh, this has been very helpful for me, even though it's been 12 years, uh, but just being able to get it down uh, as a resource to help other people um, is just um, something that is really healing for me as well. And, and the book is on Amazon and uh, you can look it up uh, by either you know, doing a search on gracious grief after suicide loss, or you can look up my name, Kevin Skellett, um, and uh, that will take you right to it. You can also find it on my website, uh, which is loveneverendsministry.org. Um, and if you go to slash books, um, it has information on uh, this book and, and on its companion um, devotional, which is a free download as well. Well, thank you for sharing that, and uh, thank you for joining us today on Hope Talks uh, to share about your book and also um, your personal experience um, that led you to write the book. No, you're very welcome. I'm glad to uh, thank you for, for having me on so I could uh, talk about it, and uh, hopefully yeah, my goal is really just to help others who are in a situation similar to what I was in, and uh, hopefully this book will help. Thank you, um, Kevin, and I, I just want to ask this and because I think it's something that might be a question that comes up as people listen to this if there's um, a group that wants someone to come and talk about suicide are you doing that are you going out and speaking Uh, absolutely that's one of the things that I I do want to do more of uh, and I do do some speaking Uh, but I I can speak on you know the topic of grief topic of suicide Um, also doing workshops on uh, grief as well okay all right, just wanted to make sure. So if they want to get a hold of you, would you like to share an email address or what would be the best way for people to contact yeah. you? Yeah, the, the best way is um, just you can reach me at uh, kevin at loveneverendsministry.org. Okay, good. Thank you. Kevin, um, Kevin, thank you for joining us today. And I, I just pray a blessing over you and your family and over your ministry that you're doing especially to people that have lost family members um, or friends to suicide. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as we've talked to Kevin Skellett today about his book, uh, Gracious Grief After Suicide Loss, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates in the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX. 